Hey, we're Grizz Tech Talks, and I'm your host this week, Abe Asekic. Every week, we will be spending 20-something minutes with the OU alum, maker, or engineer in the workforce. They will be sharing insights and advice from their own career path in order to help you navigate your future. Today, we will be speaking with Adam McNeely from OKCupid. Adam McNeely, graduating in 2016 from Oakland, has been a key foundational member of the League of Engineers and Computer Scientists during his time here. Currently though, he works as a senior software engineer at OKCupid, but has had his fair share of experience in the field working for companies like Hello World and Controller Technologies Corporation. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, thank you for uh, joining us today, or joining me actually today um, on today's podcast. Thank you, I'm very excited. All right, uh, if you don't mind, just gonna get right into it. Okay. Um, what made you wanna do uh, computer engineering or pursue a degree in computer engineering? Uh, so my intro to engineering was kind of a funny story that I love to tell, which is um, when I was graduating high school, at that time, I really wanted to be a math teacher because I loved numbers and puzzles and I wanted to teach people. And then I had a math teacher who told me not to do that. <laughs> and his reason was because I was really good at math, I should look into ways that I can actually apply those skills. Not that teaching isn't the big impact, but he thought that you know engineering and applying those math skills would be something I was more interested in. So I actually had the opportunity to take an engineering class uh, while I was in high school, and I realized that, yes, this was exactly the kind of career path that I was looking for. Um, and that's when I applied to Oakland as an engineering student, and it all came from there. It's not every day that a teacher tells you, or a math teacher tells you not to do math, so. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, um, so just moving on to our next question. Uh, yeah. What was, so at your time at Oakland, I guess we can go, go from there. Um, were there any like study hacks, tips or tools that you kind of found useful when you're studying for, let's say like a big STEM class or STEM classes in general? Yeah, studying is hard because this is something that, you know, every student learns differently. Um, and I think that's its whole conversation and one of the struggles with traditional academics like it is, is we all learn differently. So I don't think there's a good study hack that works for like every person. Uh, but something that I found that helped me a lot was really to start making connections in my class, like becoming friends with my classmates and offering to study together. Um, because when you have someone else to bounce ideas off of, to help each other go back and forth and learn things, to like quiz each other, like that helps a lot. And it makes it feel less overwhelming than trying to like study by yourself. And so the actual way you study, if you're a person who likes to read, if you like to do practice problems, if you like to do flashcards, like you can still find your own hack that works for you. But I think if you find a person to help you do that, like that's gonna help you a lot. Um, it alleviates a lot of the stress. You have someone to help you when you're getting stuck. I think there's a lot of benefits to that. That would be my like, biggest recommendation. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I can attest to that too. Which actually leads me to my next question. Uh, so how did the work in the classroom differ from the work you're doing now at your job, you know, at OKCupid? Um, it, it actually differs quite a bit. And that plays into some of the struggles of sort of academics, because what you learn in classes is like a lot of fundamentals and basics to engineering and to programming. And 
with the way the school system works, you may not always be learning like the latest and greatest tools that people are using at their day-to-day -day jobs. Um, so that's different, but it's still helpful to understand like the fundamentals of programming and data structures and databases and a lot of the things you learn in CS. Um, but some of those things that I just talked about working with other students, I would say those are like big skills that uh, apply to what I do in the real world. Like I work with other engineers on a daily basis and I need to be able to talk to them about technical stuff and understand what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, what they're doing right and wrong and how to help each other like find the right solutions to things. And something that I think segues into what we might talk about later, which is hackathons. I think those were like the biggest thing I did as a CS student that prepared me for the real world. Mm. Right, right. I agree. And, you know, just being able to communicate effectively, just having that one skill, I feel like kind of puts you at like a advantage almost, you know, yeah. when you're looking for a job, and the one you're working on, like to be able to communicate like um, the skills I've learned, how I've used them mm -hmm. and things like that. at an interview, that's like, I feel like, a very, very big mm -hmm. aspect of like just one part of the job. Definitely. So. And some feedback I got personally uh, from my manager at my very first job was about those communication skills. And what they said I was good at is being able to communicate both with engineers where you can really talk about the technical aspects and like the nerdy details of programming, but then also be able to take that and sort of speak it in plain English to project managers and people who aren't tech oriented, but still need to understand what's happening. I think that's a skill that can take a while to learn, but will take you a really long way in this field. If you can communicate just as easily with engineers and get very technical, but also be able to explain it at a high level in English to the people who aren't programmers, that's a crucial skill. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, so we can actually talk about hackathons now, I guess. Um, so how long have you, um, I guess, done hackathons? Uh, so my, the very first hackathon I attended was actually a little over uh, five years ago from when we're recording this. The oh, uh, nice. first one I went to was in March of 2015, which was the very first Sparta hack at Michigan State University. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, what about... Um, Gris hacks. Yeah, so the very first Sparta hack that I went to was really the inspiration for Gris hacks. So I went to Sparta hack with two of my close friends, uh, Zaid Kakarni and Jarek Wojciechowski. They're both Oakland grads as well. And neither of us had done something like a hackathon before. And it really changed our lives. It was one of the most fun weekends I've ever had. I just got to be with a bunch of other engineering students who were building things that they wanted to build and learning and exploring. And we just had so much fun with it all. And on the drive back, we all told ourselves like, we should bring this to Oakland University. And so within the first week of coming back, Jarek actually got the ball moving and went to speak to a computer science professor at Oakland, Professor Anse, she's no longer there. Um, but she was like our faculty advisor as we were getting started. and you know, about a year later was when we held the very first Grizz Hacks at Oakland. But that's that whole weekend at Sparta Hack 1 was what set everything in motion. Wow, that's actually really inspirational to hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so did you start the group mainly with just them two? 
and then it kind of grew or how did that go if you don't mind me asking yeah so that started with um started just strictly as like a network of friends because this wasn't really an established event um i don't even think uh lex was an established student organization at the time so this was really just kind of friends working with each other to get this started and i know in later years that's when we started doing more formal recruitment and going to talk to classrooms to find people to come to the event or to be part of the organization. And so the goal has always been to bring that experience to other people. And so just having that, like that is what motivated us to want to do this so bad. It wasn't working for extra credit. It wasn't doing it because we wanted to go to the student org for free pizza. Like it was what we wanted to do. That's what made it really easy for us. Right. Yeah. I feel like having that motivation, I guess. And like you said, that network of friends just all working together mm-hmm. on one thing, you know? Yeah, that definitely sounds like uh, it sounds really, really yeah. nice and just beautiful to hear, actually. Yeah. Um, so just I just wanted to shift the focus sure. a little. Um, so I know just from looking at your LinkedIn profile and just, you know, hearing from others um, that you work now at OKCupid as a senior software engineer. Yes. All right. Uh, can you just tell me a little bit about your experience there or just working in the field? Yeah. Uh, so I'm a senior software engineer there. Specifically, I work on building the Android application. Um, it's been really great. I've been here for about two years, a little over two years now in New York City. And so applied to a bunch of companies in New York City that I could find online. And OkCupid was the only one to call me back. And it worked out. Um, Like, I love what I do. I love to program. I love to solve hard problems. Like, so I get all that personal satisfaction. And then OkCupid is also a great company. Um, For listeners who aren't familiar with it, we're an online dating app. And for all the stereotypes out there, I think dating apps are a really great thing. It's where my brother met his wife. It's where I met my girlfriend. I know other people who have met someone important on OkCupid. And so beyond just the technical stuff that I do day to day, to work for a product that is out there changing lives and helping make people happy, like that's really special too. And if you can find a good balance of those two things, like that's the great kind of job you want to strive for, one that you enjoy doing and one that you're proud to work for. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I can't agree with you more on the uh, part where, you know, getting behind the company mm-hmm. at least, you know. Um, so what kind of... Um, I guess, technologies or software do you usually use uh, when you develop these the Android yeah, app? So Android for a long time was primarily built using the Java programming language. And then about two or three years ago, um, a new programming language called Kotlin started getting some mainstream support. And that is now like the preferred language for Android development. It's actually a good replacement for Java in any tech stack. Um, anywhere that you use Java, you can also use Kotlin. But the biggest thing behind Kotlin was just making a language that was easier to use, that developers enjoyed more than Java. Um, and then other sort of standard tools. Um, all of the apps are built in an editor called Android Studio, which is built on top of the IntelliJ IDE from JetBrains. Um, and they make a whole suite of tools that some engineering students might be familiar with. They make IntelliJ, they make WebStorm, they make PyCharm, a lot of them look the same way. 
it's like so that's the same thing we use for android development interesting interesting okay yeah um it seems like you got a very uh diverse set of uh technologies that you probably have to use just for you know that one position there you do run into a lot of unique things like kotlin is our main programming language but we've got all our different development tools we even need to know things about like XML and JSON, which are sometimes more seen as web tools, but we even use those. And that's really an interesting point that uh, I've learned as I've gone up the ranks into being quote unquote, like a senior engineer is um, what I alluded to earlier about college teaching you fundamentals. If you spend enough time in software, you find that everyone, regardless of programming language or platform, tends to run into very similar problems. And if you can understand those problems at a fundamental level and how to fix them, then like the individual details of the tech stack start to not matter. So the way like our office is arranged uh, at OkCupid is sort of by like functional teams where we focus on different parts of the app and you have someone on each platform, all of that to say, like, I sit directly next to the iOS developer who's building all the same features I am, but for iPhone. And I don't know the first thing about building iPhone apps, but we often have to make a lot of the same considerations because we're both working for mobile platforms, right? And so we have a lot of back and forth in our day-to-day and helping each other solve problems, even if we don't know, like, the technical details. And I know that kind of diverged from the original question, but uh, something else to keep in mind for people who are listening to this um, and something to keep as a foundation as you continue growing your engineering career is to make sure you have those fundamentals and understand those are going to carry over no matter what tech you're working with, no matter what platform you're working on. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear. Uh, yeah, so I guess my next, next question would be, um, is there anything inside work, outside work that you're currently working on right now? Yeah, I do like to tinker. I mean, I can't go into the details of what I'm working on at work, um, at least not until they're released. But I do like tinkering on stuff outside of work as well. I don't really have any sort of long running technical projects to talk about. But another thing that's really important to me is uh, sharing content with the community, like reasons why I'm happy to do just this. I also like to blog a lot, and I spend a lot of time speaking at local meetups or presenting at software engineering conferences. Two things I've done recently was built a YouTube video for the very first time to be part of a sort of group video drop from a number of Android Google developer experts who just wanted to build some videos and share them with the Android community. Um, And I also turned that into a blog post and shipped that blog post last week. So that's a lot of stuff you can find me doing when I'm not like coding at work. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, my next question would be, um, was there anything from company to company, I guess, that really kind of transitioned over besides like, let's say the fundamentals of like the skills you needed? Um, was there anything that you kind of used um, all throughout your career or were there things where um, that kind of, all changed, I guess. I can speak to certain things on both sides of that. Uh, To start with things that have remained the same, there are a lot of tools used in the industry that are sort of like industry standard, both in like process. So an example would be this tool called Jira, which is a bug tracking uh, software. If you've ever used something like Trello 
or some other like Kanban board tools that's similar to that, where like when you're building a project, you go into Jira and you basically make a ticket for all of the things that need to be built, features that need to be done in order for this project to be completed. And Jira is this whole management system on top of that. So project managers can see like, oh, here are the tickets the Android team is working on. Here is the tickets the web team is working on. And you know, if people find bugs, they go put in a Jira ticket and that way we don't forget to look at it later. Um, that's a tool that I used at Hello World and at OkCupid. Um, and I know lots of other companies use, it's pretty much an industry standard. Um, like a lot of companies also use GitHub as their source control for all of their code. Um, so if you're familiar with that, it's pretty easy to go in between um, companies, uh, if that makes sense. Things that are difficult is just that like every engineer sort of does things their own way. You can still find some fundamentals there, but like that's something that is always going to be a transition period. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Um, uh, working, just going back on what you said on the technology that you kind of use that are industry standard. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree with the GitHub part teaches us like, you know, working mm -hmm. to, together as a group using source control, stuff like that yeah. um, kind of carries yeah. over. Yes. Yeah, I guess control it's a very important. It's used by every single company that builds something. And so, you know, maybe they use GitHub, maybe they use another tool called GitLab, but like they're all more or less the same if you understand source control as a concept. Um, so that's something you're going to get, like, no matter where you work. Um, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Yeah, I'm just going to wrap up with one more question. Uh, if there's any advice, I guess, that kind of, like, resonated with you. Yeah. Um, um, something that I was told a lot that was really hard for me to accept in the beginning until I had done this long enough, um, but I can't repeat it enough, is that, like, you're not expected to know everything. And no one knows everything. I still Google some of the most basic stuff almost every other day because I forget how to do certain things in Android. And like, I don't just code all day knowing exactly what to do. I spend half of my day uh, using Google and Stack Overflow to find the answers. Um, and that's more than okay. Like that's what people do in the real world um, because you can't learn it all at once, right? You wanna build your basic tool sets so you know the right things to Google and how to implement like the right solutions. Um, but don't get overwhelmed by how much information there is out there and feel like you need to know everything or feel like people know more than you um, because we all like struggle with this. It's called imposter syndrome, right? We're all worried that like, we're not actually good at what we do and people are gonna find out we're an imposter um, it's something that every engineer deals with. And I think the earlier you recognize that we're all going through this, um, the more confidence you'll have in your career early on. And that will just help you a lot um, to be able to have that confidence and accept not knowing the answer to something right away. Um, I think that's, that's my biggest piece of advice is just don't get worn down by all that information out there. Um, yeah. 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 I, I can definitely attest to that. Yeah. Um, you know, transferring in from Oakland from uh community college, I definitely felt like, you know, all this new stuff, you know, and I attended my first Grizz Hacks that year. So yeah, that was nice. Uh, uh, but seeing all that technology and all that information all at once, you know, definitely overwhelmed me. And like yeah. you said, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. That's, it's, it's definitely true for at, at least, 
you know, yeah. engineering and computer science students, you know, seeing all this new and high tech yeah. stuff that you're going to be working with, you know, it can, and the biggest yeah, way can to definitely get over be overwhelming. This to just build something yourself and to then look at it and be like, wow, okay, I know what I'm doing because I was able to build this. Um, and it's hard to tell yourself that, like it's, you know, at a hackathon, it's easy to look at like what one of the winning projects might be and get discouraged. But you as an individual still built something that weekend that you probably had no idea what you were doing before that weekend. Like that's a huge win. That's exactly what the other teams are doing. You have to look at like your individual growth as a big win and not really compare yourself to others. Um, and technology is so vast and sometimes we get caught in that like oh this person seems really smart because they know that one thing but they might know absolutely nothing about this other thing like my example I love to talk about is people love talking to me about databases and stuff and I have a lot of knowledge on this but if you come to me and you want me to try to build like an animation in an Android app I have no idea what I'm doing and I just fake it till I make it and like, I know people who are the other way around. I know people <laughs> who are wizards and making animations who need to ask me for help on other things. And so just understanding like, you can't know everything about a technology. Um, and it's, I admit like it's a hard thing to grasp, but it's really great advice because like the earlier you wrestle with that, the earlier you're gonna get confidence in yourself. And once you have that, like the sky's the limit from there. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. and. One thing to add on, I guess, is, you know, since the field is kind of, you know, very vast, it kind of gives you a lot of options to choose from yeah, for where absolutely. you want to start, where um, you want to go. Do you want to build mobile apps? Do you want to build websites? Do you want to build backend services that users aren't actually seeing? Um, and even within that, there's all sorts of different, you know, as an Android developer, I touch on a lot of different portions of it, but there are things you can be really good at. You could be really good at animations. You could be really good at making like fast and performant apps. You could be really good at like making large scale apps that help a lot of users. Like there's a lot of things where you can sort of plant your foot in as your focus. Um, and that's, yeah, that's up to you, but like, don't feel like, oh, if I want to be a mobile developer, I need to know everything about mobile development because none of us do. Like you just find what you want to build, find what you're good at and go from there. Right, right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, okay. um, that's really all I had for today's podcast. Um, if there's anything you'd like to add, honestly, you can go for it. Um, if you want to plug your YouTube, that's also cool, too, sure. in case um, anyone I mean, wants to find it. The easiest place to reach me is on Twitter, which is uh, AdamMC331. Um, but I'm sure in the podcast notes, maybe we can put a link to that. Or if people want to dig out my name and find me on LinkedIn, whatever they want to do. Um, I'm always happy to answer these questions. The reason I wanted to jump on this podcast, much like what I said earlier with starting Grizz Hacks, is I've had a really great time in engineering, and I want to help spread that experience to other people. So if anyone's listening to this, if they have any questions, whether it's about Android, whether it's about tech, whether it's about like career growth, like I'm happy to respond to questions from anyone about anything. So uh, don't be afraid to seek me out. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Grizz Tech Talks with Adam as much as I did. You can stay up to date with the podcast and recent Grizz Tech Talk news by visiting us on our social media pages and following us on your podcast app of choice. If you have any feedback, please feel free to send an email to grizzhacks at oakland.edu. Until next time, stay safe and stay curious.